0: Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. This morning, if you're going with me in the Word, go with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, today we're going to be talking about a new commandment. A new commandment, you'll understand it when we get to it in a moment. And uh, I, have, I have noticed something in the last few weeks in our church, and I think that most of you have noticed it as well. Pastor Robert Bennett and I were talking about it this morning. There seems to be an increased anointing in our church over the last four to five weeks. It just seems to be something, you know, the, 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 the praise and worship seems to go a little bit deeper. Our, our altar time seems to be, uh, you know, uh, more powerful. We're seeing more results and greater, uh, you know, uh, impact from our prayers. It, it, it just seems, and the word that, I, that, I, that, that God's been sharing through me seems to be more powerful. It seems to be more on point. Uh, you know even when i 'm preaching the word, I seem to just feel it, I can sense it I can feel the I'm, I can feel it hitting its mark and encouraging people and you know uh, 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 and 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 we haven 't done anything for that okay You know, uh, I'm not praying more than I was. I'm not studying any different. Uh, You know, uh, I am as amazed. I hope it it continues today. Uh, But, you know, I I, I do my best. Pastor Ken does his best. You know, our our altar workers and prayer partners, we do our best every time we present ourselves to the Lord in ministry. Uh, But it seems as though that there's something that is being turned up, something that is being increased. And so today I want you to be ready to hear a word that that, that's for you today. If I could encourage you with anything, I would encourage you to hear this word and apply it to your life and not apply to someone else's. Please, please take this opportunity to let the anointing of God come to you for you first. Okay, please don't hear the word of God As though you're thinking about four other people that this applies to okay that yeah they should really do that yeah okay let's 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 back off that a little bit because this word I'm sharing with you today is from the Holy Spirit Uh, it's from the heart of God and it is to you it's a new commandment and so Lord help us to apply this word to our lives today Lord And God, to use this word as encouragement, Lord, because you always encourage us, Lord. God, with your word. Thank you, God. Thank you. you. Uh, That's very important. Uh, When you apply this word to your life, don't get depressed. Okay? Don't get in a hole. Get out of a hole. Okay? If if you hear the word of God and it identifies you, if, if, if you identify with it and you make, you know, it makes you feel bad, then that's not its aim. Its aim is to give you a chance to feel good. Okay? Uh, anytime a story from the Bible comes across your heart or your mind, this is what I do. Whenever, whenever God reminds me or whenever I sit under the preaching or teaching, uh, of, 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 the story or a character, a Bible character, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of some story from God's word. I try to find myself in that story. I don't try to find everybody else who's, well, there's, you know, there's that, that person like that. And that person's like that. Oh, they're like that. I try to find myself. Who am I in that story? Now, do I like that caricature? Do I like being that person in that story? Oh, my goodness. You know, if I don't like being that person, then this is my chance to change. It's not, you know, it's, it's not a nail in my coffin. It is an open opportunity to judge myself so I don't have to be judged. Examine myself so that I can, you know, get out of a situation. So uh, uh, let's, if we would, just open this word this morning in John chapter 13. Jesus is is already on his way to the cross, I know it's only halfway through the book of John, but you know, the last half of the book of John, the last half of the gospel of John, uh, Jesus is only about, you know, seven days away from the cross, you know, five days, three days, two days. He's there in Jerusalem. I mean, the, the, the majority, in fact, 40%, if you took Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about 40% total is just happening and occurring in the last week to 10 days of Jesus's life. It's a very concentrated uh, gospel. The gospel tells about a lot of things, but then it gets down to that last week of Jesus's life. Well, this is in that time Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's here in just the last few days of his earthly life and ministry. And so everything that he says, we believe, like, like, like all the rest of the Word of God, it is the Word of God, but this is the concentrated considerations of Jesus because he knows he's about to leave. He knows he's, he's, he's taught his disciples for three and a half years. He's shared with them the truth. They, they've seen him work miracles. He's walked with them. He's, he, he's given them, But he's right here now in this concentrated moment. I mean, if you knew that you had only a week and you wanted something you were doing to continue. You would probably call those people around that you depend on. And you would probably begin to give them a few instructions. I mean, we even do that when we we're going on a trip. You know if, you're, if, uh, you, know, uh, you know, if you have a babysitter and you're leaving the house, the last two minutes of the things that you say before you leave. Or if you have a dog and you're leaving the dog with somebody. You know, that last minute or two. In fact, you'll get out of the car and run back in a time or two. Just tell them, hey, look, and by the way, they need to do this and do that and do that and do that. You know I mean? Come on. Because it's a concentrated time. You had, you know, you had a year to tell them what to do. But man, all of a sudden, it's th- this now is getting real, okay? Uh, the, you, you understand what I'm saying? So that's how we look at these passages. Jesus here has this intense moment of his life. He is, he is, he is in a great a press. He's in a, he's 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 in this press of life. That he knows that he's about to uh, go to the cross and be dead and and, and, and buried and and de- defeat sin, death, hell in the grave and be raised to life again. And so these things are concentrated. He's uh, you know he's he's like you know I mean he, he he forgot to tell some things or didn't have time to tell some things. So he got back up to the grave and told him again. You know, he came back in the house today. Let me tell you one more thing. You know, this, this is tense, okay? Now, I want you to look at that like that. This is something that is, you know, everything is important that the Word of God has. And, and things in red are not, uh, you know, more important, although we, we, we kind of need to prick our ear a little bit different sometimes. But, uh, but, uh, but this, is, this, this is getting down to the brass tacks right here. Whatever those are. <laughs> <laughs> John 13, verse 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Wow. What is this love that, that, that Jesus is trying to get into us? You know, a new commandment I give you. This is a new commandment, okay? This, I mean, I want you, you know, in, in this pressured moment, I want you to love one another. You know, this is the way that all men will know that you are my disciples. This is the way other people will identify you. It's not by what you're wearing. You know, it's not by how you're talking, it's not because you, you know, you have a badge on or some special hat or or you know that, that that you sit in a certain place or that you observe a certain feast or you do something. They will know that you are my disciples, not from anything else, but how you love one another. They'll know your like me, they'll know that, that, that you're a follower of mine if you love one another. Reading some commentaries on what kind of love this is. This is born out of the word agape. Reading some commentaries this week on, on, on what this kind of love means. I, I, I ran across Barnes' commentary of the Bible, and listen to what he says. Uh, uh, these disciples, they were to be distinguished by tender and constant attachment to one another. That's what, that's what he's saying that this verse means. That Jesus wanted them to be recognized and distinguished and set apart. Not set apart because of their country that they came from. This is what Barnes wrote. Not set apart because of the color of their skin. Not set apart because of the rank or the office that they hold not set apart because they were recognized as some sect, but rather they were to feel that they were all connected because they had all been redeemed by the very same blood of the very same Savior and they were all going to the very same heaven and they were therefore to befriend each other in trials, To be careful of each other's feelings and each other's reputations. And to deny themselves in order to promote each other's welfare. That they needed to look to others as their true brothers and their true sisters for eternity. Jesus gave them this new commandment just before he was going to the cross so that he could demonstrate the kind of love that he was talking about. This kind of love, he said in John chapter 15, just a couple of chapters later, he's still talking about this. He said, this is my commandment. This is not my suggestion. This is not an option. This, it, it, he's not saying it would really be good if you would do this. He is saying, I am commanding you. Man, it does not get any stronger from Jesus than this. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, can you just for a moment... Catch a glimpse in your mind what Jesus was really inferring, what he was talking about. How did Jesus love you? How did he love you? He says this in verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Listen, you know, you may not be required to die on the cross for anyone else but you will be required to lay your life down for others what does that mean lay down your opinion lay down your attitude lay down your anger lay down your frustration lay down your unforgiveness lay down your bitterness lay down your reproach lay it down if anybody ever had a right To be upset with somebody else, it's Jesus and we're talking you. Okay? Greater love has no man than to lay his life down. Lay it down for someone else. These things I command you, verse 7 says. He just reiterated it one more time. These are the things I'm commanding you. That you love one another. This morning, I want to share with you some very sad truths about love. I won't share by any means all of the sad truths about love. Okay, and neither will I get into many of the benefits. But I do want to share with you three things, three sad truths about love. Number one, some people can't. Love. They can't. They just can't. Okay? Now, don't shout me down here and don't run off somewhere else. We'll get probably where you're going in a minute. But hold on here and listen. Some people can't love, some people are broken. Some people are, their, 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 their spirits are broken and, and they just can't love. They're not at a healthy place in life. They're not at a sane place in life. They're not at a place where they can love. They just can't. Maybe they are wounded. Maybe they are hurt. Maybe they are so damaged that light just cannot escape the darkness of their moments. They're lost. Lost. In fact, I want you to know that someone that is lost and on their way to hell, without knowing God, without having accepted the love of God, it would be very, very hard, I would imagine, for them to love. Because if they loved, they would certainly Except the one that loved them so much. And if you don't love God, it would be hard to love anyone else. It would be perhaps impossible if that seed of love, because God is love. And without him, how could you love? You might could lust. You might could care. You might could want. You might could feel. You might could cry. You might could do a lot of things. But love is going to want someone else to connect with God. Some people, sadly, are in a place in life where they can't love. They don't have to stay there. But sometimes that's where they are. There's just nothing there. Nothing but hurt. Nothing but hardness. Nothing but Wounded spirits, broken people. Some people don't even love themselves. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. The Bible only requires you to love others as you do yourself. To love God more than you do yourself and to love others as much as you do yourself. But if you don't love yourself, if you are living in unforgiveness towards yourself if you're living in hurt and brokenness toward yourself you're going to find it hard to love others some people are in temporary darkness of life and it is hard to demonstrate it is hard to have some fond affection or some tender attachments to others in your life some people can't love The second sad truth is that some people won't love. They just won't by choice. They have decided, I am not going to love. I'm not going to love that person or I'm not going to love those people. They have made a choice. They have said to themselves, I'm afraid to love. When you live in fear, the Bible says what will cast out fear is perfect love. But when you're not in love, then you are in fear. Living all your lifetime in fear. Afraid of what? Afraid of loving. Afraid of giving myself. Afraid of being, you know, be, be, being vulnerable. Afraid of opening up. Afraid of being hurt again. Some people have decided I'm not going to love. Some people are Envious. Envy and love are not going to live in the same body towards another person. You cannot envy a person and love them. You cannot be jealous and be a lover. Jealousy will cancel out that love. The love that God is talking about here. Greed. Greed. To not love the hungry in a way that you would take what you have and and share it with them? The Bible says, how does the love of God dwell in a person that has the ability to help others and walks by others in such great need and there's no compassion in their life and moved with some compassion to meet that need? The Bible says, how does the love of God dwell in a person like that? Boy, this is good preaching. Now remember, we're not trying to find anybody but you. I'm not sharing the good points of love. I'm sharing some of the sad truths about love. Okay. Remember, we're looking for us in every story. Some people won't love. Some people are prejudiced. They've decided they're not going to love. Some of you have experienced people in your life... That are so politically motivated. They're not going to love the other side of the aisle. Some people are selfish. Selfishness and love don't exist. They don't coexist. The Bible says that that, that selfishness is an enemy of God. God is love. Selfishness is an enemy of love. Insecurities. Insecurities put us in a place where we're too concerned. We're, we're, we're more concerned with what we might lose. So we've decided we can't love because love is going to demand me giving my heart. It's going to demand me giving my time. It's going to demand me opening up. It's going to demand me, you know, being vulnerable. I mean, I could be hurt. I'm insecure. I'm not going to. These things make people decide not to love. Some people. Have taken up a reproach against a brother or a sister in Christ, and they refuse to let it go. They choose to not love people on purpose. Way back in Leviticus, you know, I mean, Jesus filled the New Testament with this with, with commandment to love. But way back in Leviticus, way back whenever God was giving his children the, the, the law, in Leviticus 19, verse 18, this is what uh, uh, God said. You shall not take vengeance. I mean, it's, it's not up you up to you to, 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 to recompense vengeance on someone else. And, and nor shall you bear any grudge against the children of your people. Listen, a brother or sister in Christ, don't hold a grudge against them. Okay? I mean, this is Bible. Don't be holding a grudge against your brothers and sisters. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm commanding you to love them. Okay? Don't hold a grudge. Don't be vengeful. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because I am the Lord. Do you understand me? I am am Jehovah. I am. Listen, it's my decision whether you love somebody or not. And you better love somebody. You better get out there and treat that neighbor like you want to be treated. I'm God. That's what he's saying. You understand me? Wow. He's not playing around here. Somebody say glory. glory. All right. It's three sad truths about love some people can't love some people won't love and number three some people just don't love some people are too busy to take the time that love demands love requires a little time you see love is something we do it's not just something we say and something we feel Come on now. This is where it's going to get good. I I preached all the way just to get to right here. (laughs) Love is not something we just say or something we feel. Love is something we do. Okay? And sometimes people just don't love. Okay? It's not that they can't and it's not that they're chosen not to. They just don't make time for it. They just don't. You know, they, hey, it's, it's, you know, been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year and I just haven't, you know, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm busy. Some people don't put themselves in a, you know, in, in places. They just, they just don't. Life is busy. And they just don't love. As I said, love is something we do. Love is not just something we say or something we feel. What does love look like? You know, can you see love? What does love look like? Can you see love? Well, I want you to know if you can't see love, it may not be real. Now I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about how you're being loved by someone. I'm talking about how you are loving them. If you can't see yourself if there's no evidence of your love then you may just be saying it you may just be feeling it it may not be real okay it's certainly not real to them god could have said i love you i love you i love you all day long i'd go to hell but then he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. This is what Jesus is trying to do. See God's love? You see his love? Do you see it? He demonstrated his love towards us. What does love look like? Not other people loving you, but you loving them. What would it look like? What would your life look like If you loved others well let's look first Corinthians 13 you can read the whole chapter we're gonna just just look at about four verses here Uh, verse 4 love suffers long and is kind are you oh this is good I love to get up here and point my fingers (laughs) you can see love he's God is love I mean he love is kind you can see it if you're not kind you probably aren't, you know, either you can't, you won't, or you're just not taking the time. Love does not envy. Okay, see, that, that's where I got that. You can't be envious and love. Love does, not, love does not envy others. Love does not parade itself. Okay? You don't have to be at the head of the line, walking around, being the smartest, the coolest, the, you know, the sharpest, you know, the most popular. You know, no, no, I'm sorry. Love is not a competition. If you're in competition, if if you're afraid of anything you can't control, that's not love. Love does not compete. Love is not puffed up. It's not vain, it's not filled with pride. That's just empty air, oh flattery, oh flattery. The Bible says puffs up, oh oh my goodness, oh you oh you know uh, uh, flatter, flatter 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 whatever flattery is. Okay, that's not love. Love doesn't do that. Love does not behave rudely. Oh my goodness, that's going to knock so many people right out of the boat. Stop being rude this is my commandment Jesus said God said look I am God do you understand love and then he's telling us rudeness stop it in fact maybe you could just look at somebody sometime and speak the truth in love and say you know, you know <laughs> you're rude Would you stop being rude to me? You know? Love does not seek its own. Love is not selfish. It's not me, 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 me. You can't take what, what people say and all of a sudden turn around to you. You ever met somebody that, that, that every, everything you say, they got to tell you about them? Whew. That wears you out, doesn't it? Here's a good way to know when you're that way. It's when nobody says anything after you quit talking. They're just glad you quit. They don't want to bring up another subject. Lord, we'll be here another 15 minutes. Let me out of here. Okay. If you leave a conversation, not knowing any more about the person you were talking to, but they know a whole lot more about you, Okay, especially if they didn't ask. <laughs> Love is not provoked. Boy, that's one I got to work on. Oh, my goodness. You know, we all talked about it this morning, prayed about it this morning, but you know, I don't know what it is, but the older I've gotten, <sighs> mm, Lord Jesus, help us all. Love thinks no evil. It's not going to surmise. It's not going to try to, you know, know, come up with reasons why this is bad. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. We understand that. But love rejoices in the truth. Good stuff. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. The first part of verse 8, love never fails. I love that. Now, God is talking about the love we are giving others. He's not writing it down so that you can judge how other people are loving you. He wrote this down so that you can judge how you are loving others. 1 John 4, 19, John continues in this theme, even 1, second, 3 John. We love him, it says, because he first loved us. If you really want to be loved, maybe you need to start loving like this. We love him because he first loved us. You see, God loves first, God loves most, and God loves always. Okay. It is never a question of God's love. Don't ever question God's love. God loves you. Don't, it's never a question of God. It might be a question of his approval. He may not approve of what you're doing, but it's never going to be a question of does he love me or not. Okay. And you can fix that approval thing. By changing your behavior. Okay. It's not a thing of. Does God love me? Yes he loves you. You need to maybe start saying. Does God approve of what I'm doing? Does God approve of what I'm thinking? Does God approve of what I'm saying? Okay. This morning. Is there something in your life. That you could offer to God. We're going to pray in just a moment. And. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. You know, God wants us to love others. He even wants us to love our enemies. The devil wants to withhold God's love from others. And the devil will give us plenty of reasons not to love others. There's plenty of reasons. Lots of reasons. My goodness, when you walk into a crowded room, you can look around and God will give you, you know, a heart to love people and the devil will be trying to make you judge them and criticize them okay. you can leave here different more like Jesus than you were when you came